Johnny, that's better than most. That is better than most. Better than most. The return to glory. All right. What's up, man? It's been a minute. Hey, homie. I know. Take two as well. We had a little uh, malfunction for our last recording. So yeah, that we, will never we be. Recorded. <laughs> we recorded like three weeks ago and technical difficulties. And then there's been a series of unfortunate events the last probably what, four or five times we tried to try to get back on here. Yeah. Um, all sorts of uh, shit thrown in our way, I guess you could say. I got yeah. COVID again. You got sick as well too. So let me just let me just lay out my last month and a half for you. So when I went back to Cincinnati, or I guess like Florida for uh, Thanksgiving, I went down to Naples. First day, got there, threw my back out because I decided to hit balls right after a four-hour flight. Not much stretching, and at the end of my workout, I just did like one of those little like back stretches back was done for four days then while i was still in florida i go back to ohio like for thanksgiving to spend with my mom i get a really bad eye infection and it doesn't go away for like a week and a half and dude my like i look stoned like permanently stoned i'd wake up eyes yeah. just bloodshot had to put Dang, stuff you didn't in tell my eye oh really oh no nah. dude it was it was brutal <coughs> Thanksgiving morning, my mom walked into the kitchen at our house to me in the sink, just like with the faucet on and my eyes were just in the sink because they were burning so bad. And we went like directly Man, to sucks, the hospital dude. and yeah, I got a bad eye infection and it, it didn't go away for like a week and a half. And then, you know, like this like weird sickness that's going around that's like not, you know, the C word that like everyone's yeah. kind of getting sick. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I had some kind of symptom where I had either like a really bad head cold, a cough, a sneeze for like three weeks. And then I was warming up for my first tournament of 2024. Middle of my warm up, sharp pain goes down my back after I hit a six iron. I was in bed for four days, couldn't move. Just a really bad pinched nerve. And right after that, right after I get over that, um, I get food poisoning from Chipotle and it was one of the worst nights of my life. <laughs> and the whole next day when we were supposed to pod, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't even eat anything. I felt like I lost like 30 pounds. So 2024 is off to a, uh, a hot start for yeah, your boy. Over here. Very bad. I mean, me too. I mean, I, I did get the C word. Um, just getting over it and it's like dude it kicked my ass like it hit everything as well too like i <clears throat> it was a tougher bout than the second time around definitely uh wait that's your third time oh no i'm sorry this is my second time getting that so oh, okay. i got it two years ago um we, we can probably cool. back when it was cool yeah now it's just Oh, it sucked. And it was like zero degrees out. 
side in Ohio. So like I couldn't go outside or do anything. So like I had to just, I had a diet of soup and hot tea. As you can see, I have here. I'm still, I'm still on the tea train. I'll probably be on the tea train for a while too, but um, nothing but soup for like three days. So I'm happy to be eating whole foods again and uh, having an appetite. Dude, it was nuts. Didn't sleep at one point. Wasn't tired. Wasn't energetic. It was just like I was up, you know, but I could go into a lot more about my symptoms and shit, but everyone's got their own uh, belt and journey with COVID now. So I wish everyone luck. Yeah, I mean, it's that time of year. Um, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm in LA, LA and it's, uh, every morning it's like 45 degrees and yeah, then it warms up to about 60, 65 and it's rained the last few days. So anytime it rains in LA, it it might as well snow like six inches because the, the city just shuts down. Nothing, nothing drains, um, golf courses close like I for whatever reason, like all these golf courses have my email because I guess if you go there and play once, they just, you're just in their email chain now Mm -hmm. and closure the last three days, like just closures all over the place. And, and it's going to be very damp uh, on the golf course for probably a week or two. So, but it's supposed to warm up this weekend, supposed to get 75, 76. That's cool. I don't want to rub that in your face or anything, but Again, I'm not complaining about 65-degree weather and being able to play golf, but I'd rather not have to wear a hoodie and a beanie sometimes, you know, especially when I'm yeah, in L.A. Hey. By all means. And you know what? I'm going south tomorrow, so I'll uh, I'll be in some nice oh, weather. North Carolina? Going to North Carolina for a few days and then stopping in St. Simons halfway, and then I'll be down in Florida for a bit. So, <clears throat> Oh, nice. A little bit of business and pleasure. Love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. And the start of uh, my Rocky training conquest, as with yours too, yeah, I guess. I wanna... uh, Let's hear about this. I'm excited to hear about your plan. Yeah. All so right. Explain, so... what you're, explain what you mean by this and then, yeah, go into it. So, we, yeah, we should have a little bit of elaboration. Me and Mike were on the phone yesterday or two days ago uh, talking about subjects for today what we're talking about in this episode and uh kind of had a little spur light bulb like thought like driving back up from Cincy and you and I both have aspirations to play golf at the highest level um we want to play in majors and in particular the one that we can make it to right now is the U.S. Open I got the US, I got the uh, application up on the other screen here and on the monitor. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's like playing off in my head, like, and, uh, while I had COVID, I mean, I was thinking, I had a lot of time to think and I, I was, I couldn't do any physical activity. I couldn't go to go to my office or anything like that couldn't hit balls really because I didn't have the energy and everything that I was, that was going, all the energy I had was going to fight it and like getting better. Um, so that being said, I did the math and 
I've picked my U.S. Open qualifier I want to go to once I saw the, the sites, the local sites. Um, I'm going to go April 30th in Columbus, Ohio at Brookside Country Club. I love that course. Um, it's a good course. And uh, January 21, which was a few days ago, was the 100-day mark to uh, to that date, to April 30th. And so a lot of uh, like motivational social media stuff, reels that come onto my feed these days are like talking about how you like, how you're not going to see results after like one day of practice or two days of working out or three days of training. <clears throat> it's the hundred days that you put in in a hole that's going to show. And so right now, you, I are basically, I don't know when you're going to do your qualifier, but we're both in our hundred days or like around that mark. And so what we want to do is kind of take you on our journey for the next hundred days of like what we're going to be doing to, to train and make it to the next stage of us open qualifying. And we're going to continue that and be playing in Pinehurst in 2024 or in, in Father's Day weekend. So um, this is going to be a little bit of an accountability uh, talks of like what we're doing and we, we're going to break down like how we're doing it, um, what practice we're doing, what habits we're implementing, um, <clears throat> anything we can do to like grow ourselves and better ourselves and just be better the next day. Because that's what basically this is all about is we have dreams of playing and competing in golf, but we also want to succeed in anything we do. We want to, we want to be happy and we want to achieve whatever our dreams are and whatever our goals are. And we want to make those dreams goals and, and accomplish them and uh, kind of doing this, what we're going to be kind of talking about in the pod, the next, um, the next dozen or so weeks and hopefully onwards um, hopefully that helps everyone that's listening, not only us, and, uh, it's going to be fun to kind of keep track of it, you know? So <clears throat> tying into the whole thing, who's a, Mike and I both love these movies, but you're a Rocky fan, uh, a huge Rocky fan actually. And, uh, oh yeah, there we go. There's the poster. Um, and so Rocky's like basically the, the role model centerpiece of, of an underdog who's done something like this before. I mean, Apollo Creed just finds the Italian stallion or, or his manager finds the Italian stallion and like pitches the, the fight. And like, all of a sudden he's got to train and, and get ready for this fight. And, and it just turns into a career for him eventually because like something clicks in him <clears throat> and that's what these next hundred days are for is just for like that click to just happen and show and the proof will be in the pudding man i mean will we will we make it to the u.s open and be playing round four on father's day um with a chance to win god knows but all you can do is put yourself in position to be there and that's what these next hundred days are all about. So 
that's my love that that's my ted talk for the day <laughs> i actually have a, a question for you yeah when when are you able to sign up do you know february 21 okay. <clears throat> february 21 i'm putting at that 9 a.m eastern so 6 a.m my time because uh there's a qualifier like 10 minutes away at Brentwood Country Club that I got to play in last year. But it's February 21st. Uh, let me just put this in my calendar. <laughs> qualifier. Because this thing, this thing fills up so quick. Like so quick. I, I woke up at 5.55 to sign up immediately and I got it. And, um, you know, like we don't have to travel like a ton. It's it's such an advantage um, because I think the next closest one is in Palm Springs, which is like three hours away. Uh, but last year I got it in the day before after the Corvinook open to play in it. And dude, I jet lag tightness. It was, it was brutal mm. at 6am. Yeah. So uh, good to know. And um yeah, dude. I mean, that's something. I mean, we were talking about this on the phone. You, you can't expect to. This is very obvious, but I feel like golfers need to hear this more often than not. You can't expect it. You can't expect to play well if you don't practice. Like um, yesterday, I was playing with my coach, and he was. He had a couple of his students, and he had one of the like this older guy, probably in his fifties, sixties, and he like couldn't hit couldn't hit a shot. Or he was complaining about every shot. Even if it went dead straight, he was just complaining. And my coach was like, what, why are you complaining? Like, it went dead straight. And he's like, well, I just haven't been able to work at it, and it's just frustrating. And and he's like, I don't really care where it goes. It just feels so bad. And in my head, I'm like, why do people expect to be so good at this stupid game when we do this every day? Like, like I mean, I do it every day when I'm healthy. Yeah. And if I, if I take a day off, I expect to be rusty for three days. Like, it's just, it's just what happens. It's just golf. Like you, if you take multiple days off, you, it's kind of a setback and you just have to kind of work to get your feels back and then you can get better. Um, I forget. I think Ben Hogan said like one day off is like, like a week. It, it takes you like a week to get back or to be able to get better again, something like that. Butchering the quote. But Sonny always told me that. And uh but yeah, so like this this hundred day Rocky style, and we're talking about Rocky Four, where Rocky's running through the snow, getting ready to fight the Russian. Yeah, being and, resourceful uh, as possible. I mean Yeah, using using everything to his everything he can in training. Like he was in the barn, he was running in snow, running on mountains. Um, cause we all don't have, I mean, especially us, like we all don't have simulators with track man with, you know, those cave, cave S is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, you know, like, like the Russian does, you know, there's a lot of people who, I shouldn't say a lot. There's some people that have that access, but for guys like me and you, we're the guys in the barn training where we're going to the public driving range and you know, just trying to find like a decent looking mat just to get some reps in or, um, I'm just trying to find time to practice, you know, 
that's me especially I mean, for you when you're when you're coaching so mm-hmm. to you know to kind of set a goal like that i'm not a big fan of like new year's resolutions i think you should just start them whenever like why well, wait for the new year you know but like yeah, for you, you know, 100 out. days and you're like this is what i want to do i'm gonna make this a priority um and i'm gonna do it we're gonna see what happens and like i have my own like you know i i don't necessarily work i bartend here and there but like i could use that as like uh i need to play more like that's like one of my biggest things is i'm not on the course enough and what i'm doing differently this year is i'm joining a golf course that i'm gonna have access to the golf course as much as i want what rather than in past i've basically just had a range membership and it's such a big difference because you learn so much more on the golf course and there's more pressure and you, you know like when there's out of bounds left and water right like you can't sim- it's really really difficult to simulate that on the range 100 percent. i mean so do you, you have can, an idea you can visualize <clears throat> you can visualize but um come on there's not there's not that feeling yeah, it only played, get, the visualization can take you like only so far. You you sh- you need to still like put yourself in as close to that scenario as possible. Hundred um, percent. Do you have an idea of what your routine or practices are going to be like? Or yeah, I mean, down? I've sat down and like done the math a little bit of like realistically with a job as a college golf coach running both a men's and women's program. I've done the math of like what I can do realistically. I mean, I can play 500 holes before those before April 30th. I can, I can put a hundred hours of practice in and I could also put a hundred hours of like fitness time in too. So you can tack on like, we'll say, and we'll be realistic. I'll say like, cause I mean, I'm not going to do an hour's worth of working out every day. I might do 30 to 45 minutes though. I can definitely do that. So in total, 175, 150, 160 hours, we'll say 160. There we go. 160 hours of practice and fitness <clears throat> focused on my golf. Are you going to, are you going to have this written down by the way? Yeah, I mean, I got some of it written down in my notes already. Um, when you have it, when you have it done, when you have it all written down, send it to me. I'm gonna post it. If you don't yeah, mind, we'll do for sure. I'll. Uh, I like to get these like note cards, and I'll write down like in pencil. Like I'll take a pencil and like tally everything. Like that's what I want to do. Um, yeah. That's a. That's one thing that really just keeps me practicing. It's just like having a note card in my yardage book cover that I can come back to and just put it, put my, um, put my book in my back pocket practice. And like, whenever I'm like tallying this shit up, just mark it off. And that's what I'm gonna do, you know? Um, yeah, but that's yeah. my plan. I'll, I, I got a few things I'm doing already. Like I'm putting down a, uh, a yardstick and like the putting stick tool that I have. Um, just cause I want to like, First things first, like it starts and ends with the putter. I mean, 99.99999% of golf tournaments, the winner wins with the putter in their hand. 
So, do you think this is kind of a? As I agree, putting is very, very important. Um, but I still think driving the golf ball is more important than putting. Yeah, I, I understand that <clears throat> for sure. Um, I only reason I I, I say that. I mean, it, it is it is fairly true, but also putting is very important and it, and it determines on how low you can go. And, you know, it, it can save your rounds as well. But if you're putting for bogey or putting for double all the time, then it doesn't really mean shit, you know. So, I mean, I went through a lot of driver woes in my in years past, and I've somehow kind of turned it into a strength. But, uh but man, there's no there's no helpless feeling when you're sitting on the tee and you're like, oh shit, where's this, where's this ball gonna go? But also, it, it's there's been there's been a lot of tournaments where I'm like, man, I'm hitting it so well and I'm about to, I hit 16 greens and 12 fairways, I'm gonna shoot 74. You know, there's been there's been times I've felt that and that's a pretty helpless feeling as well. So I feel you. I mean, especially if you want to. If your goal is to qualify for the U.S. Open, you, your putter needs to be hot, um, not just for the local rounds, but also for the sectional rounds as well. Yeah. For 36 holes, I mean, if that putter is, is going, it's it's a weapon. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, it, it, it ends with the putter, like I said. But like you said, there's a lot of other paramount pieces that go into it. And, Pinehurst number two is one of the golf courses, like it's one of the golf courses, you know, and it tests every part of your golf game. So we need to get Dorn on here and we need to talk to him about his US Open experience there again. Yeah. I mean, that can be the next episode. So let's he's not doing happen. anything. He just got surgery. So you can get him. <laughs> It's right. unfortunate, but I'm sure yeah. uh, I'm not sure how long that is. But yeah, Andrew Dorn guest on our podcast like what two years ago, played mm-hmm. the U.S. Open at Pinehurst in 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, 10 oh years God, ago. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> I know. Wild, wild. Um, We're still alive, <laughs> dude. 10 years ago, I remember when he got the call. That was. Anyway, yeah, we're going to – I'm excited to see what you're you're writing down. And um, I used to write down every single day before I went to the course. I used to write down exactly what I was going to do for practice. And then I've kind of gotten away away from that. Not kind of. I've completely gotten away with it. Gone away from it. And uh, and you start doing that again. I mean, it really holds you accountable if you, like, write down what you need to work on because – there's been times where I'm on the range and before I get there, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm hitting a bunch of wedges today. And then halfway through my range session, I just don't even touch a wedge and I'm still just working on hitting seven irons or drivers or whatever. And I neglect, you know, what I wanted to do that day. So it is, especially, I mean, doing it live on a podcast holds you accountable.
while writing stuff down. All right. Anyway, so we're going to be doing this. We're going to hold each other accountable. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. This, I mean, this is, you know, this is shit I like. I like working hard. I like all that motivational shit on TikTok and Instagram. I mean, half the posts, half the videos I post are all, you know, motivational stuff. So, so yeah. So, um, I was trying to think of like our last episode and what we were talking about. We were talking about the ball being rolled back and, you know, and we caught up a little bit and what we're like, what our goals were and whatever. But have you heard anything about the golf ball rollback? Like, is that people still not mad about that or what? I've had some conversations about it, but some people think it's stupid. Others are okay with it. No one's like super in favor of it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm all right with it. I mean, the way se- the way I see it is like, I feel like it's just going to play more into my old yardages and I love my old yardages. So <laughs> like what, like your seven iron goes like 170 instead of 185. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I saw, I saw a, uh, a post by, um, Who's that long drive dude? Um, long Jesus hair. of golf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, like, shout out Jacob, but uh, Martin Borgmeyer or uh, Kyle Brookshire. Yeah. yeah, him. He played like a 700 <laughs> yard par five, which way too long, but he went driver seven iron. <laughs> That's like a 240 yard seven iron after a 400 yard drive. <laughs> Ball's going. I mean, I understand he. It's he short, it, but it's going short. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. I'm sure it was playing downhill, downwind, but either way, that's so that's so deep. But golf courses shouldn't have 700 yard par fives. Like that shouldn't be an option. Like they should be between like 515 yards and 600, and that's it. If it, if a par five is over six hundred yards, bust out the shirts. What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> what are we doing? It's it's ridiculous. It's I, I never understood it. It's like okay, I'm going driver three wood, nine iron. If it's into the wind, like it's just like I just feel like they just put that there to raise their to raise the. Uh, course rating up or the yardage up or because just just because they could um but i think the ball rollback in my opinion is again i've seen it both ways but i think it's a good thing because i mean there's so many golf courses that you can't even really play anymore like the one i remember at right now is 6500 yards and you can you can get around that course easily easily with the three wood and uh that shouldn't be the case. Like if I'm hitting driver yeah. flip wedge on every hole, like it's just not, it's not real golf. Like I want to, it's hit not like testing every part of your golf game. And that's kind of, no. kind of where I am in agreement with the ball rollback or more in favor of the ball rollback than not. <clears throat> but I did hear a really good argument yesterday. Okay. Um, 
the person I did have a, well, maybe not argument, but discussion, the person I did have this discussion with, um, <clears throat> he said that it really doesn't matter about the ball rollback. Like players are going to shoot the scores they are shooting still just because like the skill level is everyone's getting to the same skill level. Everyone's becoming like pretty damn good at golf. Like Ludwig Aberg, uh, or Aubert, um, all those young guys, they're just coming out like, well, especially the kid who just won the Amex. Yeah. Nick, Nick Dunlap, 20 years old. Yeah. But like, no, everyone's getting so good. So what are we actually doing and making these golf courses easier is we're fucking cutting down the trees and like, when you take a tree out of the way, like you're going to have a, a better shot at the green. You're, you're not going to have to punch out. You're not going to have to um, worry about manipulating your shot, like hitting it low underneath a branch. You take a tree out, like it makes golf so much easier. Mm-hmm. And like, that's one thing that's kind of, I don't know why people keep removing these trees. Like I, I have been in favor of it. I think like it makes golf courses look really pretty, like a link style course, but <clears throat> not every golf course is a links course. And that's one thing that this guy kind of shined light on for me. And I was like, you know what? Like you're, you're right. Like we're cutting down way too many trees. Like we need to leave like some trees around, like maybe not like have goddamn have woods on each side of the fairway and, and whatnot but in thickets but like something like augusta national you know where like trees still kind of come into play and like you might have to punch yeah, and it out kind of takes like... the yeah it takes the art of working the ball away too because if you can hit whatever shot you want off of the tee all the time then scores are going to be so low i mean mm-hmm. there's been there's been many golf courses especially in um I feel like ever since I've moved to LA, I've had to work the ball a little bit more just because mountains and, you know, there are trees out here, like right off the tee. Uh, but like in Florida, you know, it's a little bit more open. Um, there's like no heavily, really no heavily wooded uh, areas in South Florida, I should say. Um, but if you can hit whatever tee shot you want off the tee, then I feel like that, that, really frees you up more and yeah i mean you're so right it's we're making these golf courses longer but the fairways are wider and there's less you know workability you know what i mean so mm-hmm. even though there's like a big lake down the right side you and you have another like 50 yards to your left you could just still the, the, the water should never come into play especially if you're a professional uh, I mean, obviously, there's going to be bad shots here and there, but like the trees, rough bunkers, just because you're moving the tee back doesn't mean scores are going to go way up. I mean, I, I'm not sure how far Amex was playing, but 29 under, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm going to look it up right now, but like, I, well, they I make those. Agree. They have that as a pro am the first three rounds, and so they make the whole locations like gettable. Yeah, I feel that. Um, 
But is that that's an invite only event, right? I think so because it's a pro am. Oh, PGA West. What am I thinking? I actually got to play there this year. That place is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. PGA West Stadium course. That's where they play the stadium, right? They played the stadium. Seventy three hundred. Seventy three hundred is. I feel like it's just like regular now. Mm-hmm. When we were in high school, and we heard like a course was like seventy one hundred yards. Weatherwax like, oh. seventy two hundred, right? Yeah. Oh. R.I.P. How much do you love Weatherwax, dude? Everything about Weatherwax was just amazing. The driving range was the worst ever, but uh, yeah, that kind of sucked. But but it was it's still it was like an Ohio staple. Like there was a barn that like if you hit if you hit at the barn they they would literally want to kick you out, (laughs) and no one knew why. No one knew why. Like I'm pretty sure that barn was used for nothing. But I every. Every nine. Did they have 36? <clears throat> yeah, they had 36 holes. Every, I feel like we talk about weather wax a lot on this podcast, but it was, if there is an Ohio representation of golf, that is it. Like they had trees, they had water, uh, they had elevation. It was, they had everything. It was, mm-hmm. and now what is it? Is it like a neighborhood now? It's like a, a park and like, it's a walking park or something like that. So like people use the cart pass and just walk down it. That's absurd. And I think it might be like an aviary or something like that. Or an avarium, whatever, like a bird like sanctuary is maybe even in like an arboretum too. There's a birdie joke in there somewhere. uh, Man, that place was, I mean, that was favorite hole. What was your favorite hole out there? Oof. That's a good question. Woodlands number two for me sticks out right now. Par five? Um, Yeah. So that hole, I have a bad memory in that hole. My uh, playoff against Corey Ward, I lost to a birdie on that hole where he went Uh. driver, flip 56 wedge. Because he got to the top of that hill, and I made par. He made birdie, but he had like a ten footer for eagle. Uh, I'm trying to think, man. There's so many good ones. I mean, number one um, of Highlands, you know. I mean, right out the gate, like dude, that that's hole a fun is a hole. Bitch, it's so tough, huh, dude? You, if you, if you make a par in that hole, if you start <laughs> a par in that hole, especially in high school, where like, and when we played, it was always cold. You never played there when it's hot. I don't think I ever played there when it's over 70 degrees. I played there in the summer, but yeah, I know what you mean. You know what what I mean. For like high school, yeah, I get it. Yeah, like real. We're like, everyone's wearing, yeah, we're we're all wearing rain pants. And uh, man, there's, um, is Highlands number two the one that's like, that's a good one. Yeah, it goes and out, it, then like you have a, a shot down. Yeah. About five, ten yards. That green was so tiny. There's about f- maybe three people who are listening to this who know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> this golf course, unbelievable. Um my one of my 
for whatever reason, this is a core memory of you, David, but I think I've told this oh, story. Oh, God. I know exactly what you're going to say. So when I was in high school, Dave, Dave was a year older. You graduated this is a good hole, too. It's a really beautiful hole, finishing great, hole. Great hole. This is a good hole. But Dave's a year older than me, kind of like in school years. We're both the same age. But uh, so he was 2010. Um, like when I was in high school, I played as number two to Andrew. Andrew Dorn was obviously number one, but you'd always play with Dorn. It'd be like you, mm. Dorn, George Rohde, and like pick your elder player. Shout out George Rohde, by the way. One of the yeah, and one of the Shores brothers, we'll say. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It sounds right. <laughs> I, I either played with I played with Michael. You probably played with Daniel. Yeah, that's his name, right? Yeah. It's been a minute. Uh, but we're on eighteen. I'm already finished. The whole every. GCL was made up of four teams, so like all four teams were waiting for this last group. And what is this like a four hundred thirty yard hole? Yeah, dope hole. But to the right of the green, there's like a thirty forty yard like fairway, kind of a bailout spot. And the the green two tier green pin was like front middle, like right below that slope. And Dave was on that fairway, probably about thirty forty yards out. You know, Dave Dave likes to take his time, especially in high school. He likes to take his time a little bit. And, you know, he's walking up, walking up to the green, looks at it, walks back, and uh, takes a few practice swings, steps back again. It was a good minute and a half. And, you know, in golf terms, that might as well be an hour. And you got to hit a good shot at this point. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, you got to hit a good shot. I thought it was Tiger Woods up until the, up until I hit the show. Well, you got to put on a, you got to put on a show too. You got to act like you know what you're doing, especially in front of like 40 people. Like it's not like probably more than that because like team, coaches, parents, all that. And I'm sure, I'm sure you were nervous. Like, come on. And, After uh, yeah, go ahead. After I hit the shot, like I was pretty nervous. Yeah. <laughs> As, as go just finish it <laughs> so he's taking his time and it's it's taking it's not it's not short like you're not you're not playing fast and you don't have to you take last your time, group whatever. of the day too last group of the day where it was the last day of the gcl tournament and it's again in the fall always damp always cold um so anyway, Dave goes to hit the shot, 30, 40 yard shot, probably using a 60 degree wedge, probably doesn't have enough bounce on it because no one really knew what we were doing back then. But he maybe hit it. Yeah, if it was a four bounce, that's ridiculous. But he maybe <laughs> hit it bounce. 10 yards and the divot was like 13 inches long. And I was just like, all in my head, I go, all that for that. <laughs> And I don't know why that sticks with me so much, but I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was wild. And we, we weren't even close then. Like we barely, we, like we knew yeah, of each other, but like we never really like hung out. We never hung out until college really. But that just stuck yeah. in, that like sticks in my head. And that was that. All we that for that. Yeah. Then I got nervous and I think I did it again. And then I like, <laughs> then I was just like, all right, just hit this to the middle of the green. And then I like ended up, making like a six or seven or something like that dude it was, oh my god it's i yeah. probably missed out on on first team for 
because of it. I can't remember what team I got back then, but <clears throat> it was probably first team. Yeah. Yeah. First but, team usually consisted of like you, Rody, Dorn, me, one of the Schwartz. Mike Who's Schneider, the other kid? John Berger. John Berger, I was gonna say. Who's the big kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnny so, B. Uh, yeah, for whatever reason that's that just sticks out to me and I like to tell that story and I like to see your reaction of it because you know exactly where I'm going. Yep. Thanks. Uh, thanks you, for that, man. Do you have Do you have any of that of me in high school? No. <clears throat> I mean, you're always playing behind me, so it's not like. No, I can't recall anything that you did that was quite embarrassing. Not off the top of my head. I think you dated yeah. the uh, dated dated someone that uh, after me, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. That was my sophomore year. Um, excuse me. She she got around a little bit. <laughs> she got around the golf teams. She dated another one of my teammates as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, high school talk. Fucking but uh, over thirteen years ago. Right. Um. But yeah, I. I can't think of anything, man. <laughs> that's I guess that's good. That's good. But I was only on <clears throat> I was only on varsity for one year when you were still in school, so I didn't make varsity until my uh junior year. You guys had a good team. Our senior year we for a stacked. while. Mm-hmm. We we were Yeah. And then once I we made like we made the state tournament like 10 years in a row and after we all graduated the year below us they missed it for the first time in 10 years safe to say the alumni were not happy wouldn't imagine so yeah how's Muller doing now they're in they're in the rebuilding stages aren't they uh, I have no idea dude I don't I know Bonet's gone he's been gone for a minute um I had one of my teammates in high school like be the assistant coach, but I don't know. I don't really, I don't really kept up with the whole high school golf thing, especially being out here. Like, Mike, so detached from Ohio, it's it's crazy. Yeah, not exactly mad about that, but well, we miss you. <laughs> we want Mike back. I visit enough. You're coming in May. I might be coming in May. Yeah. Depends. All right. But I saw hundred thousand dollar purse. I saw that. I saw that. Do you want to? Do you want to promote that real quick? Yeah. <clears throat> so, Clevernuck Open, 2024, the sixth plane. Is going to be conducted May eight through ten, Wednesday through Friday. Fifty-four hole, fifty-four hole stroke play, thirty-six hole cut, and uh, yeah, it's going to have a hundred thousand dollar purse, twenty k to the winner. So, um, 
calling all pro golfers. It's very well run too. Because you have the you have a very good balance of the sponsorship and usually that comes with a lot of bullshit. It's like a lot of people um like catering to people with all the sponsors and their guests and all that and like the pro am and then the the concert after. Did it get rained out last year or did it go through? No, we ended up finishing it going through with the concert. See, but all that is like doesn't take away from the golf tournament. It's a very good event. I played in it last year. Didn't play great, but uh, it was and that Clovernook man, old stomping grounds. You run a good event, dude. You should be very proud of yourself. Thanks, man. I I appreciate that. I try to. We try to do the best we can with it. I mean. Me, my brother, um, Chris, everyone else involved with it too on the committee. I mean, we've we've really just tried to make the event as as good of an experience for everyone involved that we can. So whether or not you're getting first place or last place, like the goal is to make sure everyone leaves saying like, dang, that was a pretty good event. I'd like to come back next year. So there's a lot of people that I've with <coughs> this past summer and even out here that know about it and that have played in it and they've said good things. So, and Cincinnati is a good place to visit, especially that time of year. Um, Ohio is weird with weather all year round, but it's by then you know, it's okay. Like a bad day is okay. Like you, it's tolerable. Like, 65 degrees mm-hmm. like we're, we're past all the 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 winter bullshit and you know it's good it's good it's a good thing to put on your schedule especially if you need a filler or if you want to schedule like your u.s open qualifier around it isn't yeah. it next week the cincinnati u.s open qualifier is the monday after the tournament so you just play a practice round over the weekend and just get ready for the open qualifier that weekend then Monday, boom, and then go about uh, qualifying for the U.S. Open, too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I saw your post about it. May 7th to the 10th? Yeah, the Pro-Am is going to be on the 7th. Uh, We'll have 25 to 30 Pro-Am groups, so 30 pros will play and participate in that. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Yeah, but, it's um, gonna be a fun time. Yeah. Um, you got anything else? Nah. Um, nothing I can think of off the top of my head. But I wrote some things good... down. <clears throat> but um, hmm. I've written down. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> But I wrote down holes in glove slash gym shoes. Hmm. I have no idea what I meant by that. Uh, <laughs> Random like thoughts. The from range. I'm like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, oh, I have a question. Do you ever go to the range 
I understand we're better than most players, but this is going to be the last thing that we'll get out of here. I understand we're better than most players, but like when you're hitting balls and you're hitting it, you know, like you don't top anything and it goes generally where you want to, even on like bad days compared to others. Do you ever get people just like staring at you? And it's usually older guys, but like, and like you catch them staring at you and they just continue to, do you ever say anything or do you just kind of let that go? And hopefully like, it's not weird. No, no, I don't really say anything to them, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I think they're just like amazed at how someone can move like that and make contact with a ball like that and hit it that straight and that power that that well, you know. Um, yeah, I guess it's very normalized for me. Like if I see someone hit it well in the range, I kind of just give a glance and I'm like, oh, it's you know, that's cool. But I would never like turn just like, like what if like, <laughs> what if someone was just, hasn't hit a shot off the ground in like 20 minutes and you just turn and stare at them for a good 30 seconds. You stared like, at him? Like, no, no, no. But like, what if you did that? Like it's the opposite. Like I oh. can't believe, like you're saying like, I can't believe this person is this good. But what if you did the opposite of that? <laughs> and it's like, I just can't <laughs> believe this person's this bad. Is that, I mean, is that disrespectful or what? I feel like me being stared at either way. I mean, I understand the difference, but like it's, I always, I always have headphones in. And I always feel like people are trying to ask me stuff, but you know, like what? I try not to let the external affect my internal. Yeah, 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 but you know, like when someone's looking at you, it's a little, it gets a little it's weird tough. Sometimes. Yeah, and it's uh, tough. It's just that's why I'm. All, I always pick like the furthest spot away. I don't. When I go to the golf course, I, I come off as an asshole, and there's a few people who might listen to this and be like, "Yeah," because you don't talk to anybody. But I don't want to. That's why. <laughs> I don't, do I have to? You're taking the David Goggins approach. I just, I'm not here to fucking well, talk. It's, it's, well, I mean, I'm yeah, here to fucking stay hard. I'm here to work. Like, that's, um, there was a course I was a member at, uh, for a couple years out here. And this guy, this kid came up to me once. Kid, I'm not sure how old he was, but he came up to me. He's like, you know, like, you have a reputation out here. And I go, like, what does that mean? Like I, I don't, I didn't talk to anybody. I knew like four or five people there. Yeah. Again, put my headphones in, went to work, stayed out of everyone's way. I wasn't rude. Um, I guess like not talking to people is rude, but like no one, no one was talking to me. So like, but someone, but this guy was like, you have a rep- reputation here. I was like, what does that mean? And he's just like, you don't talk to anybody. <laughs> and I go, okay. He goes, that's weird. I'm like. I'm here for a different reason than everyone else is here. Like I'm here to practice. I'm not here yeah. to socialize. Like country clubs are a very, very social atmosphere, obviously, but it's just so different. And uh, again, like when I was a member at Four Bridges, <clears throat> me and Dorn would practice every day together. And Dorn's like the nicest guy 
in the world. And, you know, he grew up playing there and practicing there, so he knew a bunch of members. And he was the perfect buffer because people would just go up to him and they wouldn't go up to me and just talk to Dorn. And then, you know, I'd introduce myself here and there, but, like, I need, I need, I need a Dorn out here. I need someone to, to absorb someone to... all the conversations. Yeah. Yeah, just I these are just... we all we all need a buffer. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> just because, you know, time is especially in golf, time is very valuable. Uh I don't like to waste it, especially if like let's say I'm working that night. Um I have a certain amount of hours I could practice and work out. And then I have to go to work afterwards. So I'm not trying to get in like a 30 minute conversation of what, what I'm doing in this drill that I'm doing or, or the worst, if this has ever happened to you, it happened to me a few times, but, uh, when people ask you for advice, like on their swing, it's like, Hey, you mind looking at a few? Again, I try to be nice, but sometimes we have to normalize like being a dick sometimes, you know, like it's okay to say no. Set boundaries. That's all you're doing. Like you're setting boundaries. People get offended by that, man. (laughs) (laughs) People get mad. People get, you know, all bunched up about it. But anyway, that's, that's my Ted talk is, uh, if you have headphones in just a reminder to everybody, they probably don't want to talk to you. Plain and simple. <clears throat> Facts. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Plug anything? We already did Clovernook Open. Nah, I'm okay for now. Dreamcatcher Golf lives on. <laughs> Dreamcatcher Golf Co. At Mike Wolf Golf. Instagram, TikTok, X. Oh, yeah. I don't David use X ever. Hit me up too. At David Wetterick. You don't have TikTok, do you, though? At Traveling Athlete Pod. How about that? Instagram, TikTok. At Traveling Athlete Pod. At Traveling Athlete Pod. At Traveling Athlete Pod. Plug it. One more time. Oh, shit. We got to do it again, dude. Look the lens cap out. I still...